Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you will enjoy this podcast and visit us at brilliancesecuritymagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliance Security Magazine podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. We have an exciting show put together for you today. Today, we're going to be talking with Hardik Modi from NetScout, and we're going to be talking specifically about the IoT revolution and what it is that enterprises can do to protect themselves and some of the threats um, that come along with that IoT revolution and kind of get a better understanding of what that is. So with that, let me do a quick introduction of our guest today. As I said, our guest is Hardik Modi. He's the, the Assistant Vice President Engineering Threat and Mitigation Products for NetScout. And he leads teams responsible for all aspects of threat intelligence, including threat research and collections. One of the highly sought after byproducts of Hardik's threat intelligence research is the creation, the distribution of NetScout's semi-annual threat intelligence report, which analyzes the global, global threat landscape. And that's, that's important to this conversation because that's part of what we're going to be talking about. I've asked Hardik to, uh, to comment on that a little bit. So the semi-annual report uh, covers some very interesting things and comes up with some very interesting uh, findings. And so he will talk about some of those today. So with that, let me turn some time over to Hardik so you can do um, probably a, a, a short introduction of NetScout. Most of our, re our listeners, I think, know who NetScout is, but um, it might be helpful if you just talked a little bit about who NetScout is and then maybe a little more about yourself, and then we'll get started with some questions. Certainly. So, Steve, let me start by thanking you for, for having me here. I'm really pleased to be on your show. Um, and then let's go right to it. Like NetScout is, you know, we think of ourselves as the guardians of the connected world. It's a, it's a company, you know, roughly 2,500 employees, like globally distributed, that focuses on using network analysis. So real-time, in-depth network analysis to help our customers maintain uh, the integrity, the performance, and the availability of their services. So you might be somebody, you might be a bank, kind of running, uh, you know, large operations that, you know, with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of customers, then you might use us uh, to monitor your networks, to monitor your services, understand when there are faults, understand where, where there, there are uh, adjustments that can be made, enhancements that can be made to architecture, to deployments. Uh, you might be somebody else who you know, is worried about the security threats to your enterprise, or you're, or you're a service provider, and you're really focused on you know, the security and the integrity of the services that you're providing globally. And a lot of people use us also in the security context. Again, always uh, always with a network-shaped head. Like that's that's how all of us, you know, we think of ourselves. But so typically through the power of the network delivering, uh, again, assurance and, and security uh, to enterprises and service providers. Uh, just really quick to build on what you said about me. Um, yes, I, I run teams that are responsible for threat intelligence and mitigation here at NetScout. Uh, and basically what this means is that we're monitoring the threat landscape 
using a lot of our capabilities, like you know, research capabilities, working with our customers to understand what's happening across the landscape. And I should mention with a very uh, specific focus on DDoS. So we, we, you know, we focus on everything that's happening across the landscape, but truly like you know, the specialization that we have is in the area of DDoS. This comes from a, a, a prior acquisition of a company called Arbor Networks. So Arbor, Arbor was deployed worldwide at service providers and, and enterprises helping with you know, the traffic visibility, DDoS detection, mitigation, uh, traceback kind of capabilities. And so you know, today in, in the form of NetScout, like we continue to do that. And that, that's, that's specifically where my group comes from. I have about 20 years uh, now experience building both network on the product side, on the threat intelligence side, and you know, really, my my preferences were where those two overlap, and so using intelligence to deliver better security outcomes for our customers. Excellent, thank you very much. Um, and I'll be interested to see how and if uh, actually uh, DDoS works into our conversation today about the IoT revolution. And so I'd like to take, if you would, just take a couple of minutes and talk to us. You know, what is the IoT revolution? Um, you know. Uh, kind of its, its origins and, and where we're at in that uh, evolution process, uh, the evolution of that revolution, if you will. Um, so we can get a good understanding of how you see um, the, the world of IoT right now. So certainly, so the, the internet of things, that's what we're talking about, IoT. And by this, um, at least colloquially, what, what I'm trying to get to is essentially non-traditional computing devices. So let's take Let's take the computers that we know, like you know the the, the desktops, the laptops, the servers, uh, even even cloud-based, and let's just put them all aside. Put all of those things aside, and now think of all of the the things essentially in the world that actually have something of a computer in them. There is a chipset that's probably you know you know probably quite a powerful processor running an operating system connected to the network, and the things like these are embedded everywhere in in the world today and so think of uh you know it's certainly the alexa and like you know your various kind of voice you know uh systems within within your home uh think of my remote control that is also voice activated and can can operate my television which itself carries applications that connect directly to the internet you know download data download movies shows you know display them to me Think of, think of your refrigerator and, you know, those refrigerators that I think we kind of laughed at that could place your, you know, grocery orders by themselves just by monitoring what's happening, you know, what, what, what you have in the fridge. Um, but then in, in like, you know, again, like these are the ones that maybe like, you know, the common person is, is aware of, but there has been a massive sea change in the use of computing devices in industrial systems. So where, where uh, yes, you know, they've had processors and, you know, for as long as we've had electronics, we've had some sort of control processing around those electronics that allow us to then operate, say, the, you know, the, the wind turbines and, you know, the, the water systems. But again, over the last, say, certainly decade and, and the past few years, for sure, you know, a lot of this has been, you know, enhanced, sometimes replaced with with more standard computing devices. So again, like anything that runs, that has a processor, runs an operating system, connects to the network, that's essentially what we're talking about when we say IoT. And the revolution, the revolution, at least as I think of it, is just the, 
the 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 productivity enhancements that have come, the gains that have come with this broad-based deployment of computing technology. And so, so you think about how much easier it is to scale. Uh, you know, you're you're laying out a, a solar um, you know power plant, and you have panels that go you know to you know for as as far as the eye can see, and those are those are monitored, those are deployed, provisioned, monitored by you know, a, a vast array of, of computing devices. And, you know, that's, that's, that's how we're able to achieve those scales. You know, right now, you know, right now in, in July, 2020, a lot of us are concerned about our hospitals and, the, and the, the, the ventilators in particular inside those hospitals. And we know that every one of those has, you know, again, like, you know, significant amount of computing power built into it. Uh, you know, our health systems depend on this. And so that's kind of the, you know, when, you know, IOT and then in particular, the revolution that, you know, as I think of it. Okay. So that's fascinating. So the IOT revolution then, as we're defining it for this conversation is really just the, the migration of all of the devices that we interact with, or even if we don't interact with them, I guess, uh, onto a, a connected platform and, and the tendency we have to keep finding more and more ways to connect things and more and more things to connect. And they do in fact, make our lives easier. It's not the kind of thing that we want to, that we want to go backwards in our technology because those, those kinds of things make our lives. It's hard to imagine the day when the will not know how we possibly lived without a refrigerator that would order the groceries for us. But the day may very well come where our children or grandchildren will say, what you had to, you had to do that. you right by yourself. So, so where does the where does the rub come in? Where does the problem come in? So the is it that these devices uh, is it a, a question of data exfiltration? Are bad actors getting in and and extracting data from these things because they they have uh, sensitive data that, that they um, they contain, or is it using them as DDoS bots, or is it just using them as a an endpoint to get into the network, or, or all of those? So where, what are the threats associated with this IoT revolution? Yeah, so I'm going to go with D. That was all of those. All of those, okay. All of those, <laughs> and 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 I mean, and, and let me explain. I mean, and and you know, both you know how how it can happen, and then and then you know, and where I can kind of point to specific examples of you know where we where we absolutely have seen it happen. So yes, the the, the rub is that is that the devices themselves are difficult. You know, it's these are not necessarily designed for certainly enterprise networks in many cases, not designed for enterprise networks. You know, they might be, you know, you know if a, a, a $20 uh, Christmas toy that, you know, speaks back to you, like needs, you know, a, a, you know, maybe a few dollars worth of computing equipment to enable that functionality. And it just turns out that that is essentially, in many cases, the same kit that is used in other more powerful devices that get deployed, you know, around the world. These are not, they're not, uh, designed may not necessarily secure to start with, and then uh, even worse, you know, they're typically not designed for uh, updates. And you know, it's either that the vendor is not like you know necessarily pursuing this in the first place, or that is just physically impossible to go do update every kind of IP camera that you've deployed across you know maybe your your home. And now, now is it, you know, if, even if there was a way to go do the update and it required physical access, like how are you going to get to that thing that, you know, you've, you've installed 20 feet high up. And, and, and so these are, these are all like, you know, practical problems that are almost like endemic to the solution, that solutions that we have chosen. 
Um, and now, you know, consequently today, we're at this point where there are billions of these devices deployed worldwide, uh, many of which have, you know, these, these flaws and that then manifest themselves in exactly the way that you were talking about. So let's just start with data exfiltration. And there has been a considerable amount of data lost, um, you know, from say individuals like who happen to have, you know, uh, network attached storage, which again, like, you know, for especially, I mean, I, I mean, lots of people have these things, you know, definitely like, you know, people who care about gadgets and like, you know, they, they're likely to have one of those, like, you know, at least from a few years ago, like, you know, a, a little network attached storage device with a few drives in them um, somewhere in their, in, in their home. And, you know, with backups of everything else that you may have ever done on, on all the other devices. And now like, you know, that thing itself, you know, has uh, in many cases exposed to the internet uh, in many cases, like, you know, either not updated or has lots of known uh, vulnerabilities with, with, you know, exploits associated with them. And, you know, there's been a lot of data loss, you know, through means like that. Um, this is also, and this kind of comes in with something you said a little bit later, sometimes these devices are the entry point into, into the environment. So you might have like a really robust uh, firewall that, that monitors every other piece of access to your environment, but then, you know, either, you know, unbeknownst to the, the, the classic like IT or security team, or, you know, maybe even with their blessing, you know, there's, there's gonna be that one device, that, you know, the HVAC system that needs to be accessed from the outside that, you know, is, but also has access to maybe internal assets or access from the inside that is sitting at exactly that, like, you know, gray zone of, you know, potentially insecure, you know, with access to the outside, with access to the inside. And now like, you know, that becomes, that becomes your point of entry. Uh, and, and certainly has been true in, in, you know, any number of, you know, high profile incidents. Um, not gonna get into names, but there was like, a, you know, the casino, uh, you know, a few years ago, and, you know, there was reported that their breach started with uh, this uh, little aquarium thing that they had. And so there's some controller for the aquarium, essentially glorified fish tank that, um, that was connected to the internet. And that's how, that's where they first got to, the adversary first got to, and from there found a way to kind of propagate within the enterprise. So, so certainly as, as a means for data expil, and then, you know, uh, and then also as, a, as an entry point, those, those are both fairly common. Uh, I'm gonna also like, you know, as I said earlier, uh, DDoS is, is really like bread and butter for us and like, you know, monitoring how, the, what the DDoS landscape looks like is, is, is key. And, you know, since, uh, certainly since, you know, roughly 2016, there have been a large, large like uptick in DDoS attacks that originate from devices of this nature. So IOT devices, again, IP cameras, really common, DVRs, um, you know, other, other sort of like, you know, devices that are commonly deployed in like homes, consumer environments um, with access to the internet. Like I said earlier, like not updated, not secure to start with, and now being leveraged by the adversary to launch attacks on others. So, you know, it's not that you as the enterprise, you know, you don't, you don't just have to fear the IoT devices that you have deployed within your environment, you gotta fear the rest of them too. Uh, and because the rest of them are basically what are gonna be harnessed by the adversary when they wanna launch a DDoS attack on you. 
so like I said, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's showing up across, you know, all, all forms of the threat landscape. And this is also true in when you think of, you know, uh, cybercrime, like, you know, criminal activity, uh, even nation state, like, you know, there have been nation state campaigns that have uh, famously involved the, you know, the creation of large botnets of IoT devices. Um, and, 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 and then certainly the, the fully opportunistic kind of like script kitty who, you know, just, you know, wants to launch an attack, doesn't care, you know, you know, how to, you know, how it's happening. And then thanks to a service or some other way of, of accessing it, they take, go take advantage of, again, the, the array of um, IOT devices to launch attacks. Interesting. And, and kind of a, an anecdotal story um, on a personal level, and, and hopefully this relates uh, to enterprises as well. But years ago, uh, I bought for my family, uh, I don't know, half a dozen or so inexpensive Chinese cameras. And I still have them connected today, but really I just use them kind of for fun now, because after a period of time, um, I, I have some monitoring software on my network and, and I started to get attacks through those cameras um, and the, the alerts would show up that someone's trying to, and it was always through one of those cameras. And so I, I typically keep them uh, disconnected now, but sometimes I'll connect them just to see how long it takes before somebody tries. And I assume that they're using Shodan or some tool to go out there and find these things and, um, and, and then try and get into my network through, through these cameras. And it usually takes less than, certainly less than two days, but usually the same day that I turn them back on and connect them, um, I'll get an alert that somebody's trying to to enter the network through that that external device, which is kind of an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, and, but. and Steve, that, that's it. Like, you know, both both use the device to get into your network and then to harness your network to launch DDoS attacks on other unsuspecting people. Exactly. Right. So, so right. it's, it's, yeah. And I mean, in, in, inwards and outbound, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's terrifying. Fascinating. So let's take a few minutes here and talk specifically about your threat intelligent report. Now it's a semi-annual report. Um, do we have a new one coming out soon or are we still? We're, 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 you know, right now we're in, uh, we're working on the next edition and, you know, tentatively I'm going to say like early September is, is okay. when we plan to plan to launch the next report. For an H an H one twenty twenty report. That's right. That's right. All right. So, are there some uh, surprising or interesting findings uh, from the H two twenty nineteen report that uh, you can tell us? Yeah. About? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I'm I'm going to start with just just on the uh, the DDoS front. You know, we saw uh, eight point four million DDoS attacks. That's how many. That's how many NetScout got to observe. And, and, and when I say this, you know, this is, this is largely through the eyes of our customers, which, you know, in, in like, you know, our certainly large enterprises, but also like service providers worldwide. So it's actually our, our customers who were either the targets of, or, or in some form were involved in observing DDoS attacks. And again, through their eyes, we saw 8.4 million DDoS attacks, which was like, you know, a healthy uptick on, on, on the previous year. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, going to give away the number just yet, but I can tell you that, you know, entering the COVID era, we have, we have, we've definitely seen another, you know, you know, kind of step function, like, you know, uptick in, in terms of sheer, like, uh, you know, prevalence. I'd say that, you know, that, so that's the first thing, like, you know, the, the other, th you know, next, next few kind of like, you know, uh, tidbits there, you know, just kind of drawing on the IOT um, kind of discussion we were just having, you know, we saw a, 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 a large rise in malware samples that specifically target IoT platforms. And so this is like, you know, we track a number of the uh, malware families. A lot of them are offshoots of 
uh, a family that got started in 2016 called Mirai. And so, so what happened was Mirai was used in, in really high profile attacks. The authors were later apprehended, but even before that they got scared and they published their source code um, you know, to, to the internet. And from there on, like you know, a whole bunch of other people have taken have taken their original source code and have created variants of it. Actually, you know, it, it was it was about a month ago that um, uh, the FBI announced that they'd they'd apprehended another few people who who'd been responsible for Mirai uh, variants and botnets based on that and DDoS attacks you know, resulting from them. So so you know, Mirai, you know, the the sample set continued to grow, uh, and then and then really like you know, I talked about you know. IoT devices having architectures, um, you know, they, they, there's a, always a chipset, and on top of that, there's like you know some kind of operating system that's installed, uh, connected to to a network card, and now you have an IoT device. Well, there were malware samples for 17 separate architectures. So the you know the way to think of this is that if you're a designer of a new uh, device. Let's say, like you know, you're you're thinking about like launching a brand new television. And now, as 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 you well know, like you know, the televisions don't come with just you know a screen. You know, behind them is like a huge apparatus of like you know some kind of platform that lets you download games and download apps and you know s stream directly to to the TV. So let's say you're building out a new TV. You know, if you pick one of those seventeen architectures. There's already a malware, malware family ready, just waiting to to be loaded on it. And so, really, what you want to be thinking about is how to make sure that people can't get in in the first place. And this, you know, is you know, we have more findings in the report around default use of default credentials, and like you know the the common usernames and passwords that we know, uh, it, you know, built into these lists are built into malware families, but also people are scanning for them all the time. Uh, also, like you know, with operating systems, like and and you know, designs, like you know, the the vulnerabilities and exploits for these for these platforms are kind of known in advance. So, you as the designer of that device have to get ahead of this and go think of and you know, the odds are that whatever whatever architecture you know chipset you pick, whatever OS you pick, there's already malware that's that's ready to be used. So your job is to make sure that malware doesn't get to the device. So that's, these are these are kind of the key findings that I wanted to highlight in our conversation. Uh, all of these are are built into the report. You know, it's I, I think it's 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 fascinating. I mean, I wrote my team wrote it, so you know uh, I'm a little bit biased here, but I do think that it's fascinating reading. You know, roughly 40 pages. You know, is is available on our site. And, you know, something that I think anybody interested in the threat landscape at large, and then in particular what we're talking about right now, the IoT ecosystem, uh, should take a look at. Fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, the next question I wanted to ask is kind of an interesting one. It's more interesting now than, than it may have been a year ago or six months ago. But so I wanted to ask it, and I know that you're in the threat intelligence business, maybe not so much mitigation, but it'll be interesting to get your, pers your perspective here. So what can be done to reduce uh, the risks that you've outlined in your report? And I, w I would direct that to an enterprise level, um, you know, what can enterprises do? But in the world that we live in to now, now today, that, that the line between enterprise and, and work from home has become so blurred because so many of us are forced to work from home now. Um, and so enterprises, you know, they're, they're not contained anymore within the, the four walls of the enterprise. They're, they're, everyone's working from home. So what, do you have any, any advice or anything that you can contribute 
as it regards to mitigation for some of these threats that your report outlines? Yeah, so I will always start with monitoring. Like you need to know what you have deployed, you know, where is it, what is it communicating with, and, and you know, well, we can all build lists of devices and expect that people will register their device with us. You know, it, time after time, what we find is that it's the security teams that's discovering where the devices are. And usually this happens through pervasive, promiscuous network monitoring and analysis. So that's where, that's where I would start. Now, you know, okay, so let, let's just say you're at that point where you know where your devices are, uh, especially in the IoT space, you know, there's, you know, kind of making sure only those devices that need to connect to the internet ought to be allowed to connect to the internet. And then preferably, we, you know where they need to connect to and you know, either through a proxy or some other kind of uh, containment mechanism, you're, you're making sure that they're, they're all, again, you're monitoring for this. So you know, at all times, even if a device suddenly has malware and is kind of reaching out to someplace that's unexpected, hopefully your monitoring is helping you understand when that happened. Um, but you know, that's, the, that's the connection out to the internet. Then there's a connection into the enterprise where again, that is, that is then the sort of the poison pill in all of this. Like when you are able to get to the outside, you're able to get to the internet, hence the adversary has a way in. And then when you're able to get to your internal domain, then you know, that's, that's essentially when they, how they use it as a jump point. So that's, that's, that's the next thing you wanna think about is like, you know, where, does, where does this connect? Like, how do you, how do you go you know, kind of segregate it, make sure that it's, 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 it's on its own VLAN, it's carved out, you know, there's, there's a firewall, Know, preferably between your, you know, your IoT network and the classic enterprise. Uh, you're, you're, and into this, you're thinking about your, you know, all of these devices like your printers. And you know, again, a lot of this, a lot of what I just described would be would would be like the the um, the enterprise that operates from an office building, mm -hmm. which again, like right now in in in, in you know, we're speaking in July and. You know, it's in fits and starts, but you know, a number of office buildings are back to operating in some limited capacity, like you know, depending on where you are in the world. But you're, you know, but but this is this is again like you know the, a, a moment of key vulnerability where the building is backed up. You know, you have the HVAC running; it's still connected. Everything is going. It might just be that you only have 20 people in there, but 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 the the risks are the same, right? You know, you're you're still. Uh, you know, your risks have in fact even grown and it could be that in this period, nobody, nobody remembered to update, do a software update on all of these devices that are out there. So again, yeah. things, to, things to think about. You know, we think a lot about remote access right now in, in these times. And so by this is classic, like your VPN, but also like, you know, if you have VDI infrastructure or you have some other form of, of um, uh, again, like, you know, uh, enterprise access, that is to enable the remote worker, you know, as we all have had to do in the past few months. And so this is where, again, for that VPN device, you know, you, you wanna be making sure that it's, it's, it's patched, you're aware of like what, what is facing the internet, um, you're aware of, you have it fully monitored. And then like we spend a lot of time thinking about not just the confidentiality of these devices, uh, but also the availability of them, because now you know is when you know if 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 by by a strong enough DDoS on that VPN device, you know that that means that you know your twenty thousand employees who are working from home have all lost access. That's that's terrible for productivity, and you know the bad guys know this. 
Right. Yeah. They're going to come and exploit that. Sometimes that is the objective is just to shut you down, you know, and so. uh, I mean, you know, again, any, 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 it's, it is an, it is extortion in some form, right? Like, you know, either the the threat or, you know, I mean, ransomware, we've seen this all across, like it's essentially a a similar objective, just from a different angle where they're denying you access to your data and asking you to pay up uh, in order to restore that access. Exactly. And so, you know, so that, that's, that's certainly happening. So all of these risks are um, unfortunately alive and well, you know, even, even through these times. Yeah. And it's interesting you point out there may be new risks as we move back to the workplace, you know, from working at home to working back in the office, there may be some, some risks and some threats we really hadn't thought about. So it probably warrants giving some, some thought to that. What, what could have been going on? What things didn't I update? You know, mm-hmm. how is this neck? You know, we, we all kind of got used to changing to move to working at home. Now we've got to, to move back into the office and, and what yeah, I mean, the, the C-suite, the C-suite is back in the office and they want their printers working. Right. So, you know, you could have maybe turned it off because you knew that nobody was in the building for a few months, but now, right. now that they're back and they want, they want that, you know, fun- the, the functionality all back. I mean, not, now you've got to think about, yeah. you know, did I, did I have I updated it since March, right? Those kinds yeah. of all right, fascinating. So well, before we wrap up here, um, I just want to give you an opportunity. If there's anything else about NetScout um, or your, your threat intelligence report or, or anything actually that you'd, you'd like to talk about, or you could take a few minutes and do that and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Steve. And, and uh, what, the one thing I'd like to say is that, you know, as guardians of the connected world, like the way we think of ourselves, we see as part of our responsibility is to uh, educate the world on what we're seeing. So, you know, this is all, everything that I just talked about, everything captured in the threat report, you know, that we, we're doing this in order to create better awareness in the world. And I just wanted to add that there are a few other ways in which we, we do this. For one, we run, uh, we, you know, we, we will blog frequently with, with you, know, you know, recent findings. So where, where the threat report allows us to aggregate and take a kind of slightly higher level view of what's been happening over a six month period, you know, if there's something new and breaking that we want to share with the world, we'll publish it on, on our blog. So that's netscout.com slash ACERT, uh, A-S-E-R-T. Um, and also what we, something we launched earlier in the year is a situational awareness platform uh, called Cyber Threat Horizon. So a lot of, again, the data that we're, we're we're publishing here is, you know, in the threat report is actually coming to us essentially in real time. And so what we've done now is, is created ways in which we have visualizations and reports on this online free platform called Cyber, Netscout Cyber Threat Horizon. So it's netscout.com slash horizon. Um, and, you know, you can go there and, you know, you'll see, you'll see a lot of what I'm, what I was just talking about. And then, you know, further, you know, you have the opportunity to sign up for free and now create more filtered views. And maybe like you're interested in um, finance and insurance in the United Kingdom or manufacturing in Asia. And you wanted to know like, okay, what are we seeing against people like yourselves in different parts of the world? Um, <clears throat> so, so these are the few more resources that I wanted to um, highlight to your audience. And, you know, certainly like, you know, I, I encourage everyone to go take advantage of, of these. Absolutely. Well, that's fascinating. I appreciate that. It's nice to find those kinds of free resources that people can go to uh, and uh, and keep tabs on what's going on in the threat intelligence world. So thank you so much. Well, 
Hardik, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this has been very enjoyable and very interesting for me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to um, Brilliance Security Magazine and our audience today. I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. And uh, we will be back shortly with an, another episode of Brilliance Security Magazine. And you can watch for um, an upcoming episode and publish topics uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and of course at brilliancesecuritymagazine.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please subscribe and like this podcast. It helps us grow our audience and to be more effective in doing our part in keeping the world and the internet a safe place to be.